Schofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour, Vegas, Reno, all of Nevada, all of Nevada, almost. Uh, is with us here on Cofield and Company. John Von Tobel at Silver Sevens, Cofield Angel as well. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. We always start off the four o'clock hour with the Big Four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Let's talk about some college football and just education and colleges in general. Oh, boy. Every once in a while, you get a clip from the world of the wheel. <laughs> wheel of Fortune. This uh, this clip will do it justice without a big setup. But, uh, you know, when you're getting ready to solve the puzzle, you do have to pronounce the puzzle correctly. Yeah, there are two C's. Well, wow. Okay. Nice song. Oh, well, that would be a good idea, yeah. <laughs> Mythological hero Achilles. You can't accept that. Okay. Shelby. I'll solve. Yeah. Mythological hero Achilles. Yeah, that's it. Uh, oh boy. Well. Achilles from an Indiana student. Oh boy. I think it was all Indiana students up on the panel. They were all wearing IU sweatshirts. Achilles? Mythological hero Achilles. And to let anybody know who has not seen that, he hit the million dollars. He hit, I think it was like 600, 500. He was ripping off the letters. He knew what it was. He totally knew the whole time he had to have just frozen up. I don't know what that was. Okay. If I were the third person on the panel, I may have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. She just mispronounced it as well. Achilles? Or Achilles. I think the proper pronunciation is Achilles. Let's go to the web and try to get some clarity on the pronunciation. Achilles. Achilles. Kick, kick. Achilles. 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 All four were different. All four were different, but they were all the same in one certain. It was all. It was well, it's, all a, it's, a, hard a, yeah, it's a hard C. But is it Achilles or is it Achilles? Achilles heel or Achilles heel? I go with Achilles heel. Sounds better. Have you ever said it like that? I mm, Achilles. No. Right. They always say Achilles. I don't know where he got Achilles from. That's so bad. That, that, that's but, a lot of money. And if you're the lady who solves it, I get you're excited, but it is your turn. Do you let him breathe for a second? Because yeah. the second she was just like, I'll solve it. It was like, all right. Bethany, or whatever your name is, back up for a second. If you grew up as any bit of a sports fan, you must have heard the term someone's Achilles heel. Right. Right? Right. Or torn Achilles. Or torn Achilles. Why are you not saying Achilles? I think the third person has a complaint. I don't think so. You can't get through your accent to pronounce it correctly. (laughs) Well, that's a whole other thing. We need our rules guy here, Adam Hill, but he's not here. Next up. Number three. So I think Deion Sanders is going to be okay at Colorado. I don't think they're going to be an elite program. And I I think one of the, the things that initially they believe will help them is this all-access nonsense, and it's going to draw kids, videos everywhere. I don't love it. I think it's a recipe for some problems. And So he's got a veteran assistant coaching staff. 
Tim Brewster is on the staff, who's bounced around college football, was the head coach at Minnesota, and he was kind of known there as, like, cheeseball guy and, you know, uh, fire and brimstone guy. And they keep putting out videos from Colorado and Dion's staff. So they, they're in the meeting room. Let's see if you can understand this here. As Tim Brewster comes in, and he's kind of trying to do some sort of military thing to get his guys fired up in January. When I say stand tall, okay, I want you bouncing out of your seat and stand tall. I say stand tall, get your ass up. Stand tall. Sit your ass back down. Stand tall. We come. We come. Raise the goddamn roof. Raise the roof. We come. We come. We come. We come. If them Colorado buff buses show up, and 60 minutes of hell coming with it. 60 minutes of hell coming with it. The time is now, man. The time is now. I'm all for motivational speeches. Discipline is cool. Some of the old school stuff is, it's just, it's cheeseball nonsense. I saw one person tweeting. This is actually kind of a, a good Twitter discussion and a good discussion for us to have. Like, do things need to change in terms of motivation or do the old methods work? A David on Twitter said, that's clown ass right there. Treat men like men. This is all for the cameras. Total trash. No real coach who wants to win and coaches to win cares about players or or who cares about players should ever coach like this. Embarrassing. Some people went back at him and said, "Hey, it's all about structure. Uh, kids who want to be kids want to be coached." What do you think when you heard it? I, I think it was clown bleep, yep. and, and I don't even know if it was for cameras. It, I think it's a power thing for some of these guys, right? The, the small enjoyment you get out of making an entire meeting room stand up when you tell them to stand up or sit down when you tell them to sit down. It's completely an ego and a power trip for some of these guys. And that's the other thing. You have seen programs get built, successful programs, without doing this nonsense. And it's oh, all I – think, I think some still do it, and some coaches coach that way. So I think it's, a, I think it's fair to have a debate what works and what doesn't. I don't love it in this era. Uh, Danny Cannell retweeted it. You know, Danny Cannell, college football analyst, NFL analyst, former Giant, former Florida State guy, said of Brewster, if you ever wonder why college coaches don't work in the NFL, this, in a nutshell, is why. Uh, So what did Brewster do? He responded, which, bruh, this is one of the things that drives me nuts about coaches. If you're going to preach discipline, be disciplined on social media. Uh, I'm not going to say this is punching down. Why punch back? Who cares? Or am I wrong? Should he defend himself? Because then Tim Brewster said, hey, Danny, I coached five years in the NFL, and I'd like to think I was very successful. Ask Antonio Gates. Now, that part, I, I hope Gates is ready to get in the discussion. He was a tight ends coach for two seasons with the, San, like with the Chargers. But in, and, like, and that's the thing that what Cannell's re- re- referring to here is a position of like, like ultimate power. right? A head coach in the National Football League. Go back to, we had a good example of this not even two seasons ago. Joe Judge had guys running laps and doing suicides right during camp. Let's do Oklahoma drills in the mud. Right. And how did that work? All right, Coach. Nobody respected Judge, and he was a moron when it came to on-field stuff, and he got fired really quickly. Like, this stuff doesn't work. And I think the mo- the main point is if you treat them like people, like men, if you want to do it that way, you're going to get more out of them when you treat them with that respect. You don't just go in there. And here's the other thing that I mentioned with Dion because you said it. You notice all these videos, which is something I wouldn't like either. They're all team meetings. At what point is it a team? At what point is it just us having some of these interactions? And if you're part of this team, when do you ever know if any of these uh, interactions are genuine or if they're just for another social media clip that's going to be out there? 
Number two. Well, this is a discussion we have all the time. You know, the old versus the new methods. And it's a discussion we've had around the NFL, the big galoots versus the nerds, the Dan Campbells versus the style of Mike McDaniel or Brandon Staley. And we saw it on display again this week with Rex Ryan just completely annihilating Brandon Staley, saying he has no respect for the game. And, you know, I when we started talking about it and we were – we're talking about respect, or Rex Ryan was talking about respect, and I'm like, man, I've heard a lot of stories in both New York and Buffalo that Rex Ryan was pretty disrespectful to the game by not putting in the work mm-hmm. as a coach. And then I thought about it further, and I'm like, wait, Ryan, oh, you're one of the guys who benefited from family ties to get into the league, which is another big discussion around the National Football League and college football, the Nepo hires. And the more I watch Rex Ryan speak on TV, I'm like, I don't even know what he's saying half the time. Meanwhile, you know who gets a lot of crap? For football knowledge, and oh, she didn't play the game. Listen to Mina Kimes talk a little Niners and the uh, challenge of facing the Niners and being disciplined. I think because the 21 personnel in San Francisco, they're so good at putting zone defenders in conflict. Yep. There's a simplicity to playing yep. man that I actually think benefited the Saints. You saw that when you watched them play. Whoever had Christian McCaffrey had him, regardless yep. of what he was doing on every down. Um, and then the, the final thing is when they did run, it was mostly five man fronts. The linebackers were all super slow to trigger because mm-hmm. they knew this could be literally yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything could happen right now. We are not going to crash on the run. We're going to be patient. So patient eyes from the linebackers are really important. Let's listen to Rex Ryan. Just try to explain football coaching and see if you understand what he's saying. This guy is so disrespectful to the game that the coaches that have coached prior to this guy, look, has he ever done it? I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I'm the guy. I don't think he respects the game. Because how do you not, like, he needs to grow from it. He needs to grow from not being, you know, I'm smarter than anybody else in the room. This is what happens when you hire guys that have limited experience. What did did he coach, for four years or something? What? He is all over the place. Yep. The more I watch it, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying! And you're not prepared! What is going on here? It's almost like you benefited somehow to get your foot in the door. You realize Rex Ryan, listen, I don't think he's a bad guy, but this hill that he's chosen to freaking battle on with young coaches getting hired, bruh, you coached at Moorhead State and two other dinky spots before you got a spot in the NFL. Right. You know why? Because you're a Ryan. So you may want to have that in perspective when you talk about who deserves jobs and who doesn't. And slow the frig down when you're on TV. You're getting so worked up. We don't know what you're saying. He's disrespectful to media and the job that is radio and television. Um, no, you're right. And look, when it comes to Ryan, too, like when you're talking about he's disrespecting the game, all I hear is a guy who is old, who doesn't understand the new way of thinking, doesn't understand the probabilities of or going for it. Doesn't want to even try to understand. Correct. This isn't the way I did it. I don't understand this. I'm scared. I would listen to Mina Kimes talk about football at a very deep and granular level more than I would listen to Rex Ryan. You know, the other key word is try listening to people every once in a while. Have conversations and absorb and learn. Right. If if he says one more time when he's talking about Staley that he doesn't really know his background, have you ever talked to the guy? Like, I would actually love for Rex Ryan to go, you know what, I spoke to him. It turns out he is a jackass. I'm right, because I guarantee he wouldn't say that. Because he came up with this whole narrative early in the week about 
disrespecting the game and the Bills don't do it this way. And he keeps saying how smart he is. I'm like, I, I don't know that I've heard him say how smart he is. I don't well, know what you're talking about. Right? I don't know if you saw. I, I tweeted. I, I retweeted the clip, and I was like, is there a quote out there where where Brandon Staley has said that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else? Because he stated it as a matter of fact. He thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And I was like, I've never seen that before. And you hit on the most important thing for me. The Bills wouldn't do it. One of the best memories I have is Bill Belichick going for it on fourth and two from his own 30-yard line against Peyton Manning and the Colts because he wanted to win the game. The Bills do it all the time, or the Bill does it all the time. What are you talking about? Number one. I always know the old versus young stuff. We'll get John Cohen oh, and the, as a younger I, guy. I don't want to, sorry. The, we hit gener- the, the generational battles the of, invoking uh, of, Bill of Parcells. millennials and boomers. It, the invoking of Bill Parcells. Like, can we stop, okay? What was his nickname? The Big Tuna? Is that what they used to call him? Like, okay, he was great. Can we move on? It's about learning and adapting. The game is changing. It's way different than it was before. And frankly, if Rex Ryan were on a sideline today, he would get, like, like circles coached around him. He would have no idea what is going on. Sorry. But he's got experience. He wouldn't give up a big lead or a comeback. Like it happens sometimes. Chargers blew it. They blew it. All right, Tom Brady time. It's that portion of the show. There's been a lot of Brady talk the last day and a half. Up next we'll address if he is officially done in Tampa. One source says yes he is. And John hasn't had his chance to come on Cofield and Company and talk about Brady to the Raiders. There's a couple of us who think it's going to happen, support it. There are others on the show who do not. Big Ford Forest brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. I think he wants to keep playing. I don't think there's any chance it's in Tampa. And I think the place that makes all the sense in the world is the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is his guy. They know each other well. It's a complicated offense. It didn't suit Derek Carr. Apparently a lot is put on the quarterback in that offense. No one knows it better than Brady. He can teach it. To me, that is a very logical landing spot for Brady. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Greeny on Brady and Las Vegas. All right, John. So what did you hear that uh, Julian Edelman said about Brady and what the next step to, next step is with uh, Tamper? So uh, Edelman is breaking into the media scene as well. He does um, is, is inside the NFL on Showtime. Yeah. Uh, he said uh, the cool. show the pros watch. Um, I've never watched it before. um, That tag existed when there wasn't a lot of NFL coverage. Okay. So. All right. But I I love the the show The Pros Watch with Phil Simms. Right. right. We were just talking about being eloquent. Not that either one of us are super eloquent, but, uh, you know, delivering your message so that people can understand it, especially if you have hardcore football knowledge. So I find Phil is a little confusing sometimes. But anyway, Edelman's doing it. And he's an entertaining guy. I've seen him do, you know, some of his, uh, his his TikTok videos. So, what what does he have now? If he, this is the quote, if he Tom Brady has another season, it's not going to be in Tampa Bay. Edelman said, and just because Tom's a businessman, Tom's a smart guy, he's going to do exactly what he did when he left New England. He's going to go to the best situation that helps him win, if he wants to continue his playing career. I don't know. So I think he's saying I don't know that he's going to continue his playing career, right. but he clearly knows that if he does, it's not going to be in Tampa Bay. Uh, Willie Ramirez is 
100%, 99.9% against He's, the Raiders getting Brady. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know that Adam Hill wants him here. Well, I think Adam, Adam's immediate response would be, I don't root for anything, but whatever. Um, I think that's from a, I don't like how that would affect his job standpoint. That'd be great for us in the market. All right. Be tremendous. Um, I, I like it. I actually think it would work, but I think the plan has to be Brady and you're going to take a quarterback high in the draft, uh, but you don't like it. You don't like You don't think he has anything left? Well, that you actually you hit on it, right? If you're going to go down this path, I'm not saying I hate it, but I think there's a lot of things that we're not, like, we haven't really covered from, like, the Raiders. Like, for example, okay, like, let's say you're getting Tom Brady. Is Tom, realistically, the way the Raiders look right now, in this division, does Tom Brady really make them a contender for the division and a team that, let's say that the three, you know, the three teams that we always talk about in the AFC, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati, all maintain some level of what they were this year. Is that realistically what you're going to bat with? Tom Brady and this offense and that defense. Well, you're going to make other moves. But what are you? What moves are you making that's going to make your team exponentially better? That you're going to be able to beat these teams. I'm and moving. From- I'm moving. Waller or Adams. But the whole point is that he's coming here to play with them. Well, he doesn't have to have both. But no, that's everything I've read is that's the point. You have Waller. You have Adams. Okay, I move Waller or Adams. If it's Waller who's gone, Rob Gronkowski, I believe, will come oh. back. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying Gronk is Waller, but I'm clearing money. Maybe I'm getting some draft capital for Waller. And then I can work on the... Offensive line, Adam Hill, who is you know, he's tied in pretty good, you know, with the with the Raiders, and, and I'm not saying they gave him his, the, their plan, but uh, he believes that if it's Brady for a couple of years, they're going to try to get some defensive players on discounts towards the end of their career and rebuild the defense for a, a couple of years. Yeah, they have work to do. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Right, but listen to also what you said, right, which is defensive players on the end, like the tail ends of your career. You want to know what happens at the tail end of your career? Yeah, worse. Well, you can get a you get a Kyle Van Noy, who was a bargain for the Chargers and played well, instead of a Chandler Jones for sixteen million a year. You got to spend it wisely. Right, that's fine. But Kyle Van Noy is not changing what your defense not, was. It's not this one year. guy. I'm just I use that as an example right, of what the Chargers whole... did versus what the Raiders did, which is pay top dollar for an older guy versus the Chargers. You you try to go out and get some bargains. But my whole point here is what Tom Brady went to in Tampa Bay is not here in Las Vegas. Everything was already set. They had good young talent. No, but, like, they had good, solid young pieces all around, whether it was a wide receiving core, whether it was defense. They had some veterans in that team as well, but that was a team that was put together, and it needed the cherry on top. And if you're the Raiders, I get the attraction of doing it, but, again, you're already working behind the eight ball. And here's the thing that we have. I'm not officially saying if that's the case, right? But what if the decline is now? What if you're putting all your eggs in the basket yep. and you're getting the Tom Brady that you saw on a, Monday night? And that's a totally legit issue, and it's the issue that teams around the league, if Rodgers is available and Brady is available, they've got to assess what they were this last year. Was that their last year, and now it's just going to get really Really bad. I don't believe there's much of a difference between Rodgers and Brady. I think Rodgers is better than Brady right now. So I turned on Fox Sports Radio, our sister station, yesterday right after the show. I'll listen to The Odd Couple. And I'm going to play some audio here in a second. But the audio is based on the setup 
where Aaron Rodgers the other day with McAfee talked about potentially being somewhere he believes he could win an MVP. You saw how that took off yesterday, right? Yeah. People flipped the frig out. Selfish. Me guy. Not thinking about championships. Thinking about himself. Okay. And I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. Aaron Rodgers is way too smart, and I'm sure there was way too much in that conversation to sit and annihilate him like he's a selfish guy. I think with MVPs generally comes immense success and potential championships. So I got what he was saying. But apparently on the odd couple with Rob Parker and Chris Broussard, Parker has been crushing Tom Brady. And Broussard came in, he's like, why are you crushing Brady and not Rod? Like, Rodgers didn't have a good year. He, did he throw for 300 yards once all season? I don't think he did. Um, I think he might have had one near the he, end. I mean, he was, he was very, right. very average. But the guys start going at it. Rob Parker. Stop it! That's not right! The fa- you, you bring up, what, three, four years ago? When, when he had that six, nine, and one season, he was 35 years old. He can't compare that to the Aaron Rodgers now. He's 39. At some point, you're going to age. Now, I, I don't think he's washed by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think he is an MVP anymore. Okay. So, Broussard doesn't think he's an MVP anymore. Uh, they then just start annihilating each other over who who's better, Brady or Rodgers, and who we should be crushing, Brady or Rodgers. You ripped Tom Brady to shreds for how poorly he played this season, and he played better than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Boston, he made how the great playoffs, Tom Brady Rob. was. They made it because they were in a terrible I've division. Never said Tom Brady they were was both great. eight I said and he nine. Was better than Aaron they Rodgers. were both eight and nine. Who was and, better this year? And Tom Brady couldn't even complete a pass of ten yards on third down. Oh for forty-one. Oh for forty-one. Did you watch him last Are night? Are you those saying that Aaron Rodgers had a better year than Tom All Brady? All I'm telling you is it wasn't okay. that big of a That's difference, a no. and he didn't That's have a bunch of calls. I said he had it was two a huge difference. <laughs> What? <laughs> that was awesome. I immediately went to our favorite reference point for quarterbacks because I don't watch every quarterback on every play. So I'm like, let me go to PFF. So I look, I look him up. I'm like, oh, Brady actually slipped to 15. He was, he was top 10 until late in the season, and then he slipped to 15. And I start scrolling up, and I'm like, like how much better was Rodgers? Because I feel like Rodgers was be- – oh, he's 15th as well. They, yeah. they had the same exact – Overall grade of a 77.2. So I think Rodgers is a, a little better. Now, the difference is, and back to your whole point about, you know, how they would, how the Raiders would build with Brady, uh, Rodgers will take draft capital to obtain, and he makes like $51 million. Right. Brady's not going to ask for $51 million. No. But I, I understand. I want to make that clear. I understand the appeal of doing it. I just, and I think actually, I'm kind of making the mistake in the perspective I'm taking. I'm actually thinking about it kind of from Brady's perspective. If you're a guy who feels like your last gasp here is in the next two years, like, I get the Josh McDaniels deal, but when there's other teams around, like, is that really your best opportunity at competing for a championship? Like, like right now, if I had my pick, Steve, I know we've talked about this before, your team, the New York Jets, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm looking around at what gives me my best opportunity, yes, I'd be in the same division as the Buffalo Bills, 
But at the same time, that team's pretty dang good from a talent perspective. Being an entertaining storyline. Right. Jets, and that Patriots, would be Jets, Bills. Two, twice a year you get to go you know, play New England. You get to go to New England one time. Like the story would be there. But I just think like when you're talking about why it would happen and maximizing championship windows and all that stuff, who do you think with Tom Brady at the helm, which team has the higher ceiling? If he's going to be really picky and he should, don't come back to have another 8-9 and nine season. There's only one choice. But he's got to convince that organization that they're this close and that organization needs to stop relying on young guys. Houston Texans. And it's a team he wanted to go to in the first place, the Niners. But see, and here's the thing, though, right? And the guys over at PFF brought this point up, and I think it's great, on their podcast, right, the PFF podcast. If you're San Francisco, it's now gotten to the point of, why would I do that? We have done everything with all of these young quarterbacks. I have Mr. Irrelevant playing at a level which is getting us by. Why would you take the risk of – we have a room full of quarterbacks that you think you believe in. You have Trey Lance you shipped off draft capital for. You have a you know, seventh-round rookie who's performing pretty well. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. Why would we wipe all of that away to take a shot with Tom Brady when right now we're the two-seed and we can still get into the Super Bowl without him? If they lose 28-10 to 10 this weekend. Okay, cool. We have Trey Lance. Yeah, I don't know if that's good enough. I think results this year – will determine how they look at next year. There's got to be a little more urgency to win. Oh, I get that. And they didn't come into the year thinking that Purdy was going to play. But they need to – like, they, they have a great collection of players. Win it all. But what if Trey Lance is that guy? You saw one game from him. We also saw him making it rain in a strip club. The Battle Sports Talk Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyer 766-1400. It depends. That night I got the Texas bacon cheesesteak with hash browns with cheese and a pecan waffle so You're it just it dude. depends yeah i was so, so sometimes i'll get the all-star you know depends how i'm feeling can you order the hash browns with the proper verbiage uh what, what is the smothered is cheese is that correct i just say cheese it's Cofield and company on espn las vegas and espn sports reno mine is diced spiced and chunked Think? Dice and, dice and chunks seem the same. Anyway, I, I usually get uh, hash browns with uh, jalapenos and ham in it. Last time I got it, the, the hash browns were kind of old, though, so I was kind of disappointed on that one. Trevor Lawrence, you hear his order. Otter, uh, you hear his order. Wow, I really came through on that. I know. That was more like a Boston accent. Yeah. Otter. Um, no eggs. Do you think even Trevor Lawrence looked at the menu and was like, I can't afford eggs anymore? <laughs> Has it been <laughs> spiked so bad? What is going to happen with like, – you can make the decision at home. If you don't want to have eggs, you don't have eggs, right? Are you like an I, egg family? Are you an egg family? No. Oh, boy, the Von Tobles are. And that's why I wanted to bring this up today. Um, I, I will buy eggs, and we only get through like four or five, and then I wind up throwing them out. So we don't go through enough of them. But I know people like who live on eggs, especially recently there's been a lot of people getting on diets where they just that's all they eat are eggs. And now when you go to the store, like I think one study said we're the, like a top five egg price city in the country. It, it's not I was I was thinking to myself, it's not going to matter to me. But then I started thinking about all the stuff that you need eggs to make, which we can get to. But you guys are an egg. I mean, you have kids, right? Yeah, we're an egg it's family. It's different, right? Yeah. I'd How old say, are your kids? Uh, one and four. So I'd say on like in a week, 
eggs are for breakfast three point like four times, three wow. times, you know? Wow. Because they're super easy to make. Kids like them, and you can make them in different ways. That's the other thing, right? I can do elephant eye. I can do a raisin. I can do scrambled. I can do cheesy eggs. I can do omelet. I can do all sorts of different things that make them a little different. Solid source of protein. Huh. I don't make waffles and pancakes a lot. Do you need yeah. you need to crack an egg to, into the, the batter or not with a waffle? Well, it depends. If you have mixed, if you have mixed, then it's usually just like vegetable oil. Okay. Um, but if you want to make like you know like homemade pancakes, which I'll make every once in a while, yeah, you gotta have eggs. Oh boy. Yeah. And then and then like you said. There's all the other things, right? If I make meatloaf, I have an egg or two, right? Like all these other different things, eggs are very important. If I just want to go pump some iron and crack some eggs down my gullet, get some good protein, need eggs. So I can say I'm not going to go out around the state of Nevada and get breakfast. I'm not going to eat eggs, but eggs are in a lot of the things that you eat for dinner. So are we facing another freaking, hey, here goes the the menu up 30%. It might be that. The great egg shortage. And it is forced. Oh, my God. It has forced the Von Sobel family to have some conversations. Oh, really? And tomorrow. These are hard conversations, folks, but you got to have them. We're, tomorrow we're taking a step. Are you going fake eggs? No. We're going membership to certain bulk store. Is that right? An, an annual membership to certain bulk item store. Which right. we can I've heard a certain bulk item store is actually running out of eggs all the time. You have to get there early in the morning. I've seen... What? I don't know that for a fact. Is what all of my, everything we talk about on the air now um, is TikTok. Uh, but I have seen like weird <laughs> rushes at the stop. We're doing this now with eggs, but like well, but, you, but but think about it. There are how much does a chicken cost? There are some businesses that may get their eggs from places like that. I mean, I think they have suppliers, wholesale suppliers generally that they get them from. But I'm I'm not a Listen, I don't own a restaurant, but I'm going to ask around. I can only imagine what's going to happen to a lot of the stuff you make if eggs are double and triple what they used to be. And they are. Hmm. Only $174.99 for a chicken coop. <laughs> the chicken itself actually might not be that pricey. Is that right? I have to consider this. <laughs> You're complex. The problem is I, I don't know if they, they would lay it at the volume in which it would be. A pro- you know what I mean? Like, am I going to be staring at the chicken all day? Like, come on, let's go. You got to move to Pahrump. And Can you get them fresh out? Like, can you Bruh, use them don't, fresh Let's out? not do farm stuff on this show. <laughs> None of, I mean, there's not one of us who's equipped to do this. We Brad try Tyler? to do it. Once later. Uh, we, just sound, <laughs> we just sound like complete buffoons. College football offseason. We'll get some news from Brad Powers. Also look for leans and likes on the four playoff games this week on a Cofield and Company. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Talk a little college football, talk about the playoff weekend. Brad Powers is with us at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. Brad, what's going on, buddy? Got much. Thanks for having me. Want to get into a little college football, like we say all the time. Ten and a half uh, months a year, college football is on. I'm not even sure we get a month and a half off. I know you don't. You do your trip. You do your road trip, and I think you do one other trip. But you're, you're working on the college football season all year long. And I wanted to talk about some of the headlines of the last week. So give me your take on... Jaden Rashada, the uh, California quarterback recruit who initially was going to go to Miami, then just ended his relationship or commit with Florida. Reports out there that he had some crazy NIL deal in place for 13 mil. Like, where do you think this goes from here? And how many schools out there will be able to put together a, you know, a big number NIL deal, but not also be leery of making a commitment with this guy and the people around him? 
Well, first and foremost, uh, you know, thirteen million for a high school quarterback is pricey, and I'm all I'm I'm all for kids getting paid. Yep. I just I think that one was a little ridiculous, and probably a big reason why that in the end that uh, deal didn't end up going through. You know, I'm not going to put any blame on a kid. I mean, if somebody agrees to pay you thirteen million, and then all of a sudden they walk away from their, their end of the table, then that's more on the university and that collective group than it is on the kid. Uh, where are we going? You know what? I'm not sure. Uh, I think we need some market maturity. Uh, I'm not sure that $13 million is going to be the asking price moving forward for uh, five-star quarterbacks. And Rashad's case, he's not even you know top five quarterback. I mean, he's top ten, but not top five. Uh, he's certainly not Arch Manning. So uh, I just... We're probably going to need some more rules and regulations. I mean, I know that the NCAA doesn't have enough, but uh, there probably is some legislation coming down the line. You kind of hit what I was going to say, which is if not that he is, you know, chopped liver, but if he's making, if he's getting thirteen million dollar offers, what are some of these other guys getting that are top five, top two guys in their position? Yeah, I think safe to say a lot of the quarterbacks. At least the top three, four, five guys are, are probably getting offered, you know, low, low seven figures. I mean, a million or two. Other position groups. Uh, I mean, well, we're probably at the point where we're getting into several hundred thousand for, you know, an edge rusher or a cornerback. Uh, I no one knows for sure because obviously it's still a lot of gray area. There shouldn't. It's not. Look, nil. Everyone uses nil. Nil. It's actually incorrect to use nil. The, the, the the whole perception of NIL is a big difference between pay-to-play. I mean, just handing people cash up front to play, right. that, that wasn't in the necessarily what, what people are, you know, were thinking NIL was going to be all about. So I'm not sure we're going to know the exact figures because really what a lot of these kids are doing, or at least what these programs are doing, I should say, uh, is illegal, not by the rule book. Right. Well, I find it funny the football fans, uh, you know, the traditionalists, and I, I put that in quotes as a joke, um, I think this is something new. The, the last 10 years or so in college basketball, the asking price for some of the top guys has been between like one hundred fifty and $500,000 coming out of high school. So I, it's like they and in college football, they were getting money before this. It's, you, know, you can do it above board, but now it's, now it's really out front, and people are like, holy crap, there's that much money out there. And here's the thing with Florida. Florida stole Rashada from Miami. So you're getting what yeah. you deserve because you wanted to play dirty. So – Hey, oh, the kid turns his back on you? Well, too bad. Too bad. And now the Florida quarterback situation is a mess because wasn't Walker Howard one of their targets from LSU? And then was it yesterday? He just said, nah, you know what? I'm going to go to Ole Miss. I'm going to transfer to Ole Miss. Yeah, and be, you know, in a very loaded quarterback room there because Spencer Sanders today announces he's also transferring to Ole Miss. So we'll Ooh. see how that all shakes out because they also return a starting quarterback and Jackson Dart. So Dart, Dart ain't, Dart ain't one, staying. You know, you he's know Dart, out of there. You know, Dart ain't staying. And I, my, my guess is Walker Howard will change his mind in, in like two days. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he might. Uh, I mean, one put it past him. And yeah, Florida. Look, I mean, Graham Mertz doesn't solve a lot of your quarterback issues. Uh, wow. So I, yeah, they're, they're sitting there with, without it. But uh, again. Look, I'll say this also. For those that, you know, uh, fan bases automatically want to jump into these waters, they don't necessarily work out for Texas A&M as far as that greatest recruiting class ever, uh, you know, strictly paying guys, and that's what they were doing. Didn't work out for them, and we'll see. Some of these schools that are do- taking part in a lot of this, in the Miamis, the Floridas, 
Uh, the, the USC's even in the world don't, don't necessarily have the best track records. Georgia, look, they're doing it, but they're kind of doing it in a, a, a sneaky way where it's not all you know full frontal out in front of your face. Georgia took zero transfers last year, despite the fact they lost 15 guys in the NFL draft more than anybody. And you didn't hear a lot of NIL paying to play with Georgia, and yet they're the two-time defending national champ, and they're the overwhelming favorite to be the first team to three-peat. Talking about some of the college football headlines with Brad Powers, professional sports better, especially when it comes to college football. Um, I Maybe they've already posted it. I am really looking forward to the Deion Sanders bump in the gambling market because I think Colorado will be better. <laughs> I don't think Colorado is going to be like middle of the Pac-12 in one year. Now, his son may be a giant difference maker. I guess I'll ask you right off the bat, based on what you saw with his son at quarterback, I mean, does that mean that that quarterback improvement gets them to like five wins? Quarterbacks are jacking. I mean, we just talked about how much they're paying them in NIL. What do you think of his son? Yeah, I, I don't – I mean – Decent ball player. Uh, I need to see more for him to say quality power five starting quarterback level. I'm not sure that he is. Uh, he definitely was, you know, top five, top ten quarterback at the FCS level. I'm just not sure that it's going to necessarily translate very well at, at the power five level. And, you know, particularly when you're looking at Colorado's schedule for the upcoming season that they yep. just announced yesterday. And, and here's the thing. People think that I'm hating uh, when, when I'm saying, yeah, maybe four wins. And I, it, honestly, that was being optimistic. I mean, let's just go by numbers. I, I mean, last year, Colorado was the worst Power 5 team in the country. And it wasn't close. In fact, I mean, you go to Jeff Sagarin's ratings. He ranked Colorado, counting FCS teams, 143rd in the entire country. So you had twenty FC, you know, 15 FCS teams that were rated higher than, than Colorado was. So... Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of room for Colorado to, to get even in the mix. I, I know a lot of people are talking bowl eligibility. Like it's not. Oh, come on. I mean, doing, yeah, I mean, well, uh, here, you, you said, you know, the one book posted their season win total already, five and a half. <laughs> uh, you know, they took very micro betting limits, but, yeah. I mean, if they're going to give me a free dinner, I mean, yep, right. I'll take the free dinner because that's, that's what under five and a half is. I was hoping for four and a half. Five and a half is – Ridiculous, John. Go and then we we got to read down the schedule here in a second because that's the other thing they didn't get any breaks with the freaking schedule. It's tough. Well, if you want to, because I was going to ask like Brad because the other thing that we were just talking about also right was Tim Brewster the video that comes out with the shenanigans <laughs> of making guys jump out of chairs and whatnot. Like outside of just from a ratings and purely like what the roster looks like standpoint, just how this works behind the scenes where it looks like slowly but surely this is more about making it a production than it is about making it a football program. It is, and maybe that's you know, you know, in today's day and age, I mean, when you got to recruit and get not only you know high school players' attentions, but also you know college guys transfers' attentions. Maybe that's what you do uh, in today's social media age. It's definitely not for me. I'm not sure that the message that was just posted with uh, Rooster is going to even sit well with college age kids. But uh, you know, certainly that they're going to be. Look, we haven't talked Colorado football. Uh, I mean, especially we're talking. Colorado football in January. January. When right, is that right, the case? Right. I mean, what, the early 90s? Yep. Yeah, the, uh, the schedule this year, so they have to go to TCU, the other non-cons are Nebraska and CSU, and then in the Pac-12, at Oregon, at ASU, at UCLA, at Wazoo, at Utah. That, that, ain't, that ain't five wins. That ain't six wins. I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. Um, we wanted to get your take, before we get some real quick hits here on the, uh, the playoff games, on 
the draft props that will start to emerge here. Um, I know you get involved, and I just wanted to ask you about quarterbacks. Um, is there a guy between Bryce Young and Levis and Stroud, is there a guy in that group you think they could you know, slice and dice apart where he would slip below an over-under number? They might go a little lower than we're all thinking. I mean, if it's me, the GM, I mean, Will Levis wouldn't even be a first-round pick. Um, I just think they're falling in love with the, the prototypical size and maybe the arm strength, but I don't see the decision-making, and I don't know how much uh, everyone that, you know, one of the cliché, catchy words out there is how much dog's in, in him. I'm not sure there's a lot of dog in Will Levis. I mean, he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State, and with everything on the line this year, they had a disappointing Kentucky, led a uh, disappointing Kentucky offense. So and there's a guy that I think can slip. I know they're going to fall in love with, with uh, the arm talent and whatnot, but I question the accuracy. And, and he might be a guy that everyone talks up, the Mel Kuypers of the world, but the reality is behind closed doors, the GMs are, aren't in love with him. Is Anthony Richardson a first-round pick? Is, is he a top-ten pick? <laughs> no. No, I, I don't see that. Another guy that I would not draft. I, I read I read two mock drafts that said he was going to go sixth. No, no. I, I mean, I I think he be, would be, you know, very thankful if he went 26th. I, I don't see a fir- I don't have a first-round grade. You know, Brad Powers, uh, NFL draft expert, would not grade Anthony Richardson with a first-round grade. I put it that way. The website is bradpowersports.com. All right. Let's bang out some uh, NFL leans and likes. Maybe you don't have anything on some of these games, but uh, first, I'm seeing Chiefs up to nine total, 52 against the Jags. Well, yeah, that, that, that nine, I think, look, you can still shop Westgate, DraftKings, Caesars, WinBet. I think you want to play uh, the can. If you want to play the Chiefs, you do it now. And I'm not talking about the side. I'm talking about I think they're moving to nine for some Caesar protection over the weekend. And, look, it's an obvious teaser, but it's one I, I would regret if I didn't play it. And that's Kansas City, a two-team, six-point teaser. If you can find that eight-and-a-half, tease them down to two-and-a-half and put them right with the other game on Saturday, the Eagles, teasing them down to one-and-a-half. It's a long teaser, very straightforward. Seems too good to be true, but I'm here to tell you those teasers have been pretty good all season. That's my favorite play of the entire weekend, KC and Philly in a teaser. Real quick, Sharp guys really like to hop on a cluster injury at specific positions. Looks like the Bengals might have that along the offensive line. How much do you think that affects them here as five-and-a-half, five-point underdog? Yeah, I mean, we've already seen it, you know, kind of build into the market a little bit. It's went from four, four-and-a-half, five. Now we're seeing five-and-a-half, and, a half, and the, even at South Point right now, as, as I'm doing the show with you guys, it's moved up, been one of the first places to move to stick. Yeah, I, I lean Buffalo just from situationally. Uh, I, I think maybe you know a little bit underrated because the box score for them was much better than the final scoreboard against Miami. Meanwhile, the box score was much worse for Cincinnati in their win over the Ravens. So because of the cluster injuries and because of those uh, you know misleading performances from last week, I'm going to lean with the Bills. Giants Eagles holding steady at seven and a half. Eagles. Yeah, again, Philadelphia in a teaser is my preference there if you're going to bet it. Uh, if, if you need something else, a pizza bet, I'll take the hook with the Giants, believe it or not. I love their coaching staff. I mean, it just their offensive game plan and play calling just jumps off the TV screen. Not that I'm some expert, but it looks different, and it's been working. I mean, they had guys, multiple guys, on multiple plays running wide open. I think that's more scheme than, than personnel. Where does the Niners-Cowboys line land this weekend, or does it stay right here around four? Yeah, I think we saw the half-point move yesterday. San Fran from three-and-a-half to four. I don't see it moving too much more. 
But I am part of that 49ers money. Um, wasn't my favorite play, but that's the way I would go. I mean, situationally, I mean, you're looking for any edge here in the playoffs. And, I mean, you got a team that's on short rest, playing their fourth straight road game in Dallas, playing a San Francisco team that, you know, has a couple extra days rest advantage and playing their third straight home game. So give me the 49ers. Brad, that was a fun spot. Love talking Colorado football in January, but why not? The schedule's out. It's time to start talking about betting for 2023 season. Thanks, Brad. Hey, thank you. I love that stuff. It's going to be one of the great stories this season. All the bluster around Deion Sanders, and then when it comes time to put together a roster, coach football, and win in the Pac-12, which a lot of people around the country think stinks. Watch the Pac-12 this year. That's the other thing. He's walking into a league that is loaded with quarterbacks and really good coaches.